Welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today, I have the honor to speak with Marisha Johns. Marisha has been in education for over 40 years and has been active in her community with the blog, This Is Your Best Year. She's been a past elected official and is a member of her church. So thanks for coming on, Marisha. I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. But this is usually something I like to kind of open up with and kind of get an understanding of what you do and stuff. What is it that kind of motivated you and what was the draw to education? Like what kind of got you in that field? Oh, my God. That, that's a good one. Because I was determined I was not going into education because I come from a family of educators. My mom and my dad and a lot of Amy's and were educators. So when I went off to college, I didn't know that you called it human resources. I was going to be one of those people that hired and fired. I thought, this this is the best job in the world to have. And I knew exactly where I wanted to go to college. It was just, at the time, East Texas State University. It has changed its name to Texas A&M Commerce. I knew exactly where I was going to go. And I remember my mom talking to me one day, and she was like, you know, you get upset, and you can't be upset if you have that type of job. And I was always good with kids. I was, it was just something. It was like I was drawn to them or they were drawn to me. And I loved business education. And I tell everybody, it was probably my first girl crush was my teacher because at the time she was the youngest teacher there. And she just kind of, we all kind of gravitated to it. And I loved what I call general business. So when I went off to college, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I walk into the business ed office and I knew right then that was it. And believe it or not, I got to teach my favorite class when I was in public school. When I left and went to the community college, I still got to teach my favorite class. And even though I'm not there, I think of things that if I'm driving around, I said, we will be talking about this now. So it was probably, it was just, I think it was just instilled in me. It was just my destiny. Just kind of came naturally to you and just, mm -hmm. that's cool. So what, what was it that you taught then? I taught business ed and I got a degree in what they call the broad field of business ed. And I stayed on campus to, and long enough to get um, my master's. So I taught, uh, I was supposed to be able to teach anything in business, but let me clarify that. They had me teach economics one time. I never liked <laughs> economics. What saved me in those classes was we partnered with the junior achievement people and they loved it. So they would come and they gave us workbooks and everything. So we had a ball. I taught everything from keyboarding to, I never taught accounting because at the school where I was, we had probably the best accounting teacher anywhere. And it was just no way I could compete with her. She ran it like a business. After she got the kids so far, then you were running it like a business. So no, I never taught that, but I taught a little bit of everything else. And again, business principles, general business or whatever you want to call it was my favorite class. So that was your favorite class. What was kind of the, mm -hmm. uh, what's that kind of about? What's 
it's about a little bit of everything. Okay, um, gotcha. Way back when, probably before you remember, people used to write checks. <laughs> so we would we would we would talk about opening a bank account. Um, we would well, we did the stock market at the time. The newspaper would give us free newspapers, and you could uh, enter this game, this stock market game. And we entered the game. We um, let me see what else we did. Business plans, especially in my um, class at the community college. And one thing I loved about the community college was my campus was located downtown. And we had a lot of different things that we could do downtown. And the the community kind of, in they liked us, so they would let us come and do things like the Bass Brothers um, are big supporters of downtown. Basically, they own all of downtown. We went and we talked to them. They toured us around to show us all these things that they had. And one of my favorite things was for a class I had at night, they would go to uh, what we call Main Street, which is one of the biggest art festivals around. And they, their job was to talk to uh, a vendor, a food vendor. Uh, their job was to talk to uh, somebody from out of town. It was to talk to the people along the streets, the uh, stores, the restaurants. And they found out different things, how much it cost them to come, did they go to a lot of them? Because right after Fort Worth has theirs, then Grapevine has theirs, and then somebody else has theirs. And they learned a whole bunch. I learned a whole bunch of things. They had always told us that it was, you know, cost an arm and a leg to get in it. It didn't. It just turned out to be a jury show. You had to be selected. And it was it was just very interesting, the things that the, that the students learned. And we also did business plans. And I had students my age, a lot younger than me, some of them had started businesses and some of them had done fairly well. Some of them had done really well. Some of them had made uh, lots of money. They decided to sell that and start again. It was just an interesting thing. I learned as much from them as they learned from me, especially with new technology. That's interesting. I I mean, what you kind of get like culture-wise and stuff is people say, mm -hmm. oh, the teacher teaches the student and that's just how it goes. But I'm like, I think it's kind of like, what you said, it's, you both learn from each other type of thing. Like, they're like, oh, I never thought of it like that way, right? And you're the same thing. And you do. It's like, oh, I never thought of it like this way. And one thing I can say is we had a book where, at my campus for the first couple of years when we had uh, a different president, she would have these books that we were supposed to read as a group. And one was a little, uh, a little child's book. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was about a seed garden. And it was an elementary school book. Interesting. But I saw what she was trying to get us to do. So I used it in my business principles class. And they loved it. You know, you picked out out of all these people who would be the best person to hire and why. Who would be the person that you wouldn't hire and why. And it would be so interesting because I would put them in groups. And you had to come to a consensus in your group, which was hard. Yeah. And even... Uh, I told him uh, before I left, I only had one group that said this one man would be a good person. And I was like, really? And they said, oh, yeah, we could tame him. He's, he has all this enthusiasm. We could tame him. He would be the best employee. So you looked at things. And uh, I remember one young lady in there was having a baby and she had the worst attitude. And they said, we would just fire her. And I was like, you would get sued. <laughs> That's what would happen. You would get sued. So, yeah, I, I truly, truly enjoyed that. That class. That's yeah. That's really cool that you're doing that. So I, I think it's only natural for me to ask. 
I, I mentioned kind of in the introduction that you now have a blog, right? That's this is mm-hmm. your best life. Correct me if I'm wrong. Best year. This is your best year. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of interested. What kind of got you into that? What kind of helped you end up starting that? I have all these stories. Well, I was an avid magazine reader. You know, you could always come to my house and there would be magazines. Well, in this day and age, people don't really do print magazines. And the ones that did that I still still looked at, I thought I had kind of aged out of it. You know, as, as, as you mature, people either put you, they put you in one or two places. So I even wrote the magazine, which was one of my favorites, and told them, you know, people my age or my generation will still buy this magazine, but you're kind of aging us out of it. And I couldn't find anything that was, that talked to me. So I thought, I'll just write an article about it. And then I found out that people kind of liked it. And we went from there because we talk about everything. Uh, we tell people that if you are a woman of a certain age, know a woman of a certain age, which would be you, or will one day be a woman of a certain age, we're for you. Guys can read us too. But we talk about everything. We talk about health. We talk about uh, last week we went to the state fair. So we talk about how it is to go to the state fair as a woman of a certain age. You know what we look for. We're not the mold that everybody think we are. My best girlfriend and I have been best friends since second grade. But we are completely different when we talk about grandchildren. She says, they could come stay forever. And I was like, no. <laughs> I only have the one and we try to make everything. I try to have so much fun with him. But I said, he has wonderful parents. They would miss him. So. Yeah, so we talk about everything. And as you mature, you find out that this is your best year, even though things may go wrong. You know, if you still have your health, even if you don't, you're still here. So make it your best year possible with, with, with the cards that you're dealt. That's cool. I like that you're doing that. I feel like it's very positive And, you know, especially with like the media and all that random junk we get today, right? That's a very positive message that I think a lot of people could use. So I'm kind of interested in this. How do you kind of uh, get like some of these stories, these posts out? Because you said state fair. Do you write them yourself or do you kind of have people go all over and then you kind of get their stuff? I have people that will volunteer and and, uh, do things. I've had people that have asked me if they could write for me because they write for other blogs. And sometimes they send me things and I look at it and I say, I don't think my audience, our audience would like this. I do have one or two people that will you know, if I can't go to something, um, they will go and cover it for me. I, in all honesty, I wish I had more because even like this week, we have two or three things we could have gone to in Dallas, but we have one or two things that are happening in Fort Worth. And believe it or not, there's only like 26 miles between Fort Worth and Dallas, but they are completely different. How so? And oh my God, Dallas is. I would say more cosmopolitan. Uh, Fort Worth is more laid back. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Our our um, place where we do plays and musicals and everything is called the Bass Hall, and it's wonderful. It's 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 just wonderful. In Dallas, they have three or four places that they do that. But when you go to Dallas, you kind of dress up. In Fort Worth, you can wear a pair of jeans and a pair of boots anywhere. Gotcha. They wear them anywhere. You can wear them to church. Uh, we went to a wedding one time. It was called Denims or Diamonds. And you had people all glittery in their diamonds. And then you had those that were glittery in their boots and, and 
cowboy uh, jeans. That's cool. So, yeah, that's, wow, that is quite a difference there. It, it really is. And, well, and it's, it's so much larger, too. It's it's a lot larger than four. We, I don't know how many, I don't know how many people we have now, but Dallas has well over a million people. And you never know when it stops and starts. So it's a place that I like to visit, mm-hmm. but I don't want to stay there. Gotcha. You know, I, I moved to Fort Worth because we did not have traffic. That's long gone. We have traffic now, yeah. but not like Dallas. Gotcha. So that's really cool. So you kind of get like two different like cultures and perspectives mm-hmm. and they're like right next to each other too. And then you get to talk about them. What would you say is your favorite city to kind of talk about like on your blog or anything like that or go to? I think every city I go to, I'm one of these people that will tell you there's not a place that I have not visited that I have not found something I like. Gotcha. It may not be a place where I want to live, but I find something. Um, I've, I've started doing this when I know I'm going someplace. I go to Facebook and I'm in a sorority. So what I do is I try to find somebody in that place and I ask them, what should I see? You know, that that's not touristy. I went to Puerto Rico and I asked uh, the concierge, where should I go to eat? And he gave me places that we had in Fort Worth. And I was like, no, no, where do you go? I want to I want to see the culture. Like I said, I can always find something that I like about a city. So my favorite place <laughs> would probably be Venice, Italy. That was my dream trip was to go to Italy. I have seen Under the Tuscan Sun. I know all the words to it. And I wanted to go and I finally made it. And Venice was just everything I dreamed. Wow, that's cool. I, I haven't been to Europe. That That's actually also a dream of mine. I would love to go. That was my first time. We went to Rome, to Venice, to Tuscany, and to Florence. And I'll tell you this, they lost my luggage. Oh, man. That, that's no fun. But I still had a good time. Yeah, I, I like your attitudes. Just like, you know what? Like, you make what you get of it, right? The cards you are dealt. So, man, that's cool. I actually reminded me. I So, I recently went to New York, speaking of food and stuff. And my my little, I went with my family. My little brother was like, can we just get some McDonald's? And I'm like, dude, we're in freaking New York. Like, let's get something. <laughs> let's get something real, like, that we can't have out here in Utah. Because they actually consider utah quite a food desert i'm like huh i didn't know that um now that we think about it it's like yeah we only really have fast food chains or franchises out here it's like we don't have any like just culture like food at all and so when we went to new york i was like oh my goodness this is like amazing food like i don't know what i've been eating my whole life but this stuff is amazing i had to eat the hot dog off the cart. That was my thing. I've seen it on television. I wanted the hot dog off the cart and it was good. You know, I had that one. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't have a hot dog. I, <laughs> I I remember looking up one day, like how they're made. And I was like, I don't know. I recommend if you like, I recommend <laughs> if you like hot dogs, not to do that because then oh, you yeah. get a different perspective mm-hmm. on it. And you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's really cool. So how did you kind of just, would you say it's just more natural to you that you're uh, just kind of optimistic and just like, you have a pretty good view on life where some people it's like, oh, this sucks. This is like, oh, I'm at a disadvantage here. I can't do this. Like, how do you kind of get that optimism? Would you say? 
I think it comes with I think it comes with age, but I'm gonna piggyback off that and tell you about my trip to Italy and how I was determined that it was going to be a fun trip. We were supposed to leave like at 10 that morning and a storm came through DFW. So instead of leaving at 10, we probably left at five that afternoon or maybe even later. And we were supposed to leave out on one airline and we they booked us on another airline. And then as we got on there, we still had to wait. They were trying to wait on another plane that had been diverted. So it was like six o'clock before we finally got out. But you can always find the bright spot. I was sitting there and we were flying coach and there was a whole row. So I politely asked the flight attendant if I could move there. And she let me move there. So I had all this room, you know, flying from here. to I can't remember where we flew to first. But after we got to our first stop, we flew to Paris. And then they had to take us to our next gate. And you were on a little tram. And we were the last stop. And then when you got into the uh, airport, it was long lines and we had to get in another long line. We looked at our watches and said, we're not going to make our flight. So it was no sense in running. So we walked. And when we got there, we gave the people our tickets and they said, they just pulled away from the gate. We're going to call and see if they'll come back. They came back. But when we got on the plane, I looked at them and I said, our luggage is not here. I know it's not here. So when we got to Rome, our luggage was not there. We wrote out all the little things and we went on. You know, you carry a few things in your um in your travel and your carry-on bag. The next day, my sister's luggage arrived. My cousin and I never got luggage. We never got it. So we bought one or two uh, T-shirts and then same pair of jeans almost every day. And the only thing they got us was your feet start to bother you because you're wearing the same shoes every day. So we're walking down the street in Rome with all these high-end fashion shoe places, you know, the red bottoms and the this and the that. And we see a store and we take off running. It is a Clark store. I don't know if you know about Clark shoes, but they are, they are comfortable shoes. So they're not cute shoes. They are comfortable shoes. We went in there. We didn't even look on the sales rack. We, we bought shoes and we were so excited. So every day, I didn't worry about what I had on. I only bought clothes close to about maybe like two days before we left because we were someplace and the waiter accidentally spilled wine on me. So I thought, okay, my jeans are already probably kind of smelly and now smell like liquor too. So when we were getting ready to come back and we were in Venice at their airport, the telephone rang. Your luggage is in Rome. So I called and tell them they can send it back to the States. We got our luggage probably like a week later. They brought it to your house. But my luggage had been to New York. That made me know that it wasn't about me. It wasn't the makeup that I lost. I didn't have any medication at the time. It was my thing was to make it to Italy. I had dreamed about it since I was a child. It did not disappoint. And, and you talked about going to New York. We celebrated our birthday one time in New York. It rained the entire time. I bought rain boots and kept going. May never come this way again. Yeah, that's cool. I, I guess what I'm kind of looking for, I guess, is how, how would you kind of sway like that view, I guess, of like, oh, my life sucks to, hey, like, I got it good. Like kind of those small things that matter and stuff. And like, let's live the experience. How do you kind of get people to sway that way? 
again, I think it's it's as we mature. I, I know if I had gone there in my 20s and had lost my luggage, I would have bought so many things so that I could look good and this, that, and the other. But it wasn't about looking good. And I think I've been through not a lot as compared to other people, but just the idea that life is what it is. And I don't think you can prepare yourself for life. As people say, oh, you be prepared. You're never prepared. I go back to my general business class. When I was teaching in public school, my mom passed away. And um, I missed, you know, I missed quite a few days. And that's one thing we always talked about. We talked about budgeting for everything. And I told my students, when I get myself together, I will show you about how much it costs to bury somebody. And my mom had died about 20 years to the date that my dad had. So I had all the records on everything. And about two or three months later, I had them sit in the circle and we went through everything. And they were like, you pay for that? You have to pay for this? You have to do that? You know, and I was like, these are things that you have to, to do. And I think my parents are optimistic about things. It is what it is. You have to have faith. I think your faith pays a part in it. And your faith will get tested and you'll wonder why, you know, certain things happen to you. But I think, you know, as you, again, as you mature, your faith just gets stronger and stronger. That's cool. So I kind of want to ask that, uh, right. You mentioned that a lot of people go through challenges, right? Like, and I mean, you mentioned mm -hmm. yours and I love how you just said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, make the best of it. You know, you're kind of dealt the cards that you're dealt. And I guess I would say like, how do you kind of, do that right like how do you overcome those challenges and you know not just kind of sulk like well like this sucks this whatever right like how how do you actually like say you know what I'm gonna make the best of this we're gonna overcome these challenges I think you do sulk I really do I think you just you just go through like why me everybody asks that question why me and then I think after you sit for so long then you just get up and do it um I've known a lot of people who have had a lot of challenges and they have been able to sustain themselves. They get up, they, they're still going to get down. You're still going to get down. Like I told you, my, my parents are both gone. My mom's been gone now Ooh, 30 years. So that means my dad's been gone 50 years. But every once in a while, that, that emotion will creep in and you get really sad. You may cry. And it's, 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 I think it's just natural. Or you can be driving along and you stop at a light and you think of something funny that one of them did and you just fall out laughing. You know, it is what it is. My youngest one just had um, surgery and she came through it fine. And she came and stayed with us for a while. And it was a lot of fun. But one day she said, it's just time to go home. So you, you're going to sulk. People tell you that you're not going to sulk. You are. You're going to be depressed. We all get depressed, you know, about something. So, you know, and everybody takes it differently. You know, people say, oh, just, just grab yourself a drink or whatever. Well, that, the drink will probably wear off, hopefully. I just think you just have to get out and do. When my kids were younger and they tried to, um, you know, run for things at their school, and I would always tell them, I'll help you the best I can. And if you lose, we will come home and we will cry that one day. But we will go on because it's, it just happens. And my, my oldest one, bless her heart, she tried for a lot of things and didn't get it. But cry that one day and we just go on. 
because it is what it is. You know, you can't change things. I, but people say you, it's your destiny. I do believe some things are your destiny, but you can help your destiny along sometime. I love that. And I think it's also like taking that approach to like serve others too, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of taking that focus off yourself and being like, oh, my life sucks. My like, right. It's all me, me, me. Right. And then saying, you know what? Like there's people around me that are still here and let's, let's enjoy it. Right. Like let's enjoy life. Let's look at the bright side of things and look at the news, look at the news. And then you go like, oh, my life does not suck. Oh my God. This is my life is, my life is fine. It, it is, it, it, you know, we all wish we had more money. We all wish we had bigger houses. We all wish we had this, that, and other. But I tell people, out of all those things, I don't think I could be as any more happier than I am now. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so. Well, no, I think I think you're right too. Even with like, right, we wish for all those things, right? But then when we actually get mm-hmm. it, it's either a we want more, b we're <laughs> like, oh shoot, like this didn't solve what I thought it was going to solve, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then c it's like you didn't really like you kind of decide from day one, like hey. This will make my life a little better. It'll make it easier. This isn't going to be my source of happiness. This isn't going to be my source Mm of, you know, what makes life worth living, right? And all Mm -hmm. that fun stuff. Now that you mention it, so my my mother actually had cancer and stuff. And she, uh, we we had a lot of people, like, just neighbors, you know, come over and stuff. And thing is, is, like, especially when you have a disease like that, it's, uh, people will share their, you know, problems as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is right. I'm just a kid, right? Like I, I'm listening to them and I'm like, man, all these people got like, everyone has messed up lives, right? Like it's just, <laughs> we just show the good parts because we want to mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're doing okay. Like we're doing good. Right. But the reality is, is everyone's life is hard and everyone's life is difficult, right? It's just what you do with it. Like, what you do that matters and we only see the instagram oh exactly people's right. lives you know everybody looks so good and you know they their hair is always flowing and this that and the other we all and i think that's partly what's what hampers younger people because they see that and think it's real you know those people some of them have regular jobs and it's okay to have a regular job i tell everybody i was not made to be an entrepreneur. I was not made to work for myself. That that was just not me. But I know some people who are there, they probably will never be wealthy, but they're very happy in what they do. And they don't want to be working for anybody else. That's cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're hit it right on the mark too. like, I actually know some of those type of people too, right? It's just let people kind of do what they're good at, right? What they like to do. Mm-hmm. And if they're content with it. Why, why to say, hey, it's like the the old fisherman story, right? Where this guy comes over and he's like, hey, you're really good at catching fish. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I am pretty good. You know, I got to feed my family, all that. And it's like, you know what you could do is you could sell the fish on the market and then do this. And he's like, all right, like, and they get on this big whole tangent. And then the moral of the story was, though, he's like, all right, so if I do all that, what, what will my life be like and he's like well you'll be able to spend time with your kids your family and you know dance be all that and he's like well I already have that why would I like why would I change that <laughs> why would I do something else and I'm yeah. like that is so true like sometimes we get so caught up and just oh I gotta do it like this way and it's like no like mm-hmm. you already have some of the things that you want 
like enjoy it right now <laughs> because maybe one day yeah, it'll be gone and you don't mm -hmm. you don't want that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look to kind of wrap it up a little bit here. So I'm gonna use this as the intelligent question of the day, <laughs> and that is especially you know we kind of mentioned social media and Instagram, right? Like everyone's trying to live these perfect lives and stuff. How do, how do you like, I guess, be an influence for good, would you say, to show that, hey, my life's not perfect, but you know, I'm still happy. I'm still living a good life. What would be kind of your best suggestion for that? I think I can use myself as an example. Um, I have, I had never really been sick, you know, being in education all those years, never came up with anything and kids had everything. But about a year and a half ago, and probably even longer than that, but about a year and a half ago, I went to bed fine, woke up, and the room was spinning. And I, like I said, I had never been sick. And I started to, you know, I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and then I finally found one who diagnosed what it was, and I am a lot better. I am not at 100%. I'm at 95%. But I take that 95% as good as it's going to get. And as one man told me, this what I have will not kill you. It will make it will make you miserable if you let it. And so I've decided that I'm not gonna let things make me miserable. It's like I don't know. You probably never have watched any of the Housewives of. Okay, my thing about the Housewives of first of all, it's kind of like Instagram too. But it's always a couple that don't get along, and then they're gonna travel together. Why would I go on a trip with you? And we don't get along. I don't care if you're paying for everything. So I think, again, your faith. My faith has taught me this. My children have taught me this. They are, they are more like my parents than I ever was. They, they do what they're going to do. And as long as it's not hurting anybody, they're, they're, they're okay. So I think, again, you just kind of learn from experience. What is getting, what is laying down, crying about it every day? going to help. Is it going to make it better? Probably not. Uh, as, as my mom said, it'll make you old and ugly before your time. She used to say that was one of her favorite sayings. And that may be true, but you can get up and maybe try to do something else. Maybe you didn't reach it. Maybe you didn't reach the plateau you dreamed, but you still got somewhere. It's like when I did teach public school, I had all the little boys, what they were athletes, you know, they were going to go to a D1 school and this. And I kept thinking, you know, we didn't win here. You know, we were not the top notch person here, but you can still have a good life. And maybe you won't get to be the sports person, but you can become maybe the commentator. So you have to kind of find your way. This is when I left public school, I had been working as a career and tech coordinator. And I just knew it was time to leave. A friend of mine had told me it was time to leave, but I wasn't ready to retire. So I had my next job before I quit the last job. And I wanted to go back and teach because I truly loved teaching. Be being the career and tech coordinator was okay. And like you said, you made more money, but the teaching part really excited me. And so I think you just have to do what makes you happy. If you like ABC and somebody else likes XYZ, maybe the two of you can never get together. But just do what makes you happy, what you're capable of doing. And if you fall down, soak about it for a while. That's just normal. That is just normal. It's like people telling you if you if you lose a parent, oh, 
it's going to get better. No, it's not going to get better. It's going to be different. You will learn to survive and have good days and bad days. I love Christmas and you don't have to buy me a gift. I just like Christmas music. I like watching Scrooge. I like the Griswolds. You know, they, they know they're coming. I am going to walk Clark, watch Clark Griswold. He's going to make me laugh, but I don't have to have a gift. I, I really don't have to have a gift. I like Amy Grant singing the, the Christmas songs. I just do. So it makes me happy. So I think if you just learn to do what makes you happy and don't just wallow in things that are going to happen. They, 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 they're going to happen. That brand new car, one day you're going to go out there to go to work and it's not going to crank. You know, you're going to be like, it's new, but it's, it's when you have children, they're going to do things to disappoint you. You disappointed your parents in something. They got over it. They got over it and they still love you. So it's, it's just so saying, just take life as it comes, work through it, gain a little faith because I don't think if you don't have faith, you don't have anything. I, I love that, especially that last part too. I think, I think you wrapped that up really nicely too. I think I, I love that you mentioned that, you know, it's okay to kind of just sulk a little bit too, right? And then, right, get back up that next day, and you're gonna have good days and bad days. Are you a football fan? Are you a football fan? Passively, I'm not like way into it, but like I know enough. <laughs> but I tell people. No team went out there trying to lose. It's true. They all had the same goal in mind, but one team had to lose. Exactly. So I'm sure they go back and they talk about it. My sister and I went to the Super Bowl when the New England Patriots played the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Oh, gotcha. I don't like sitting in the stands with fans because they get rabid. <laughs> but it started out with Atlanta just winning, 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 winning. And you know they didn't win. So the next day we were walking because we stayed in Houston a little longer. We were walking and they left out. The Atlanta Falcons left out. I thought that was the saddest sight because they had these black buses with black tin on it. And I could just imagine how sad it was in there. Mm -hmm. But then after about a day or so, you got to get over it because you have to look for the next year. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared for the next year. It is what it is. You you run for public office, Miss America. You thought you had it, Mister America, with all the muscles or whatever. You thought you had it, but you get over it. You sulk for a while, and then you get over it. I love that. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. We mentioned the uh, the, you know, kind of your blog, all that. What's the best mm -hmm. way like people can contact you, reach out to you if? You know, you can go to the blog and the blog is www.thisisyourbestyear, all one word, dot com. Or you can say, if you want to write me personally, this is your best year at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at this is your best year. We're also on Facebook and a Facebook group page. The group page has to, uh, you have to uh, apply to get in the uh, group page, but the just the page is both on my this is your best year. And we're also on um, YouTube, This Is Your Best Year. So we're trying, if you have an idea about something or you know something that's coming up, then let us know. And if we can get there, we will try to get there. Uh, I tell everybody, if it's someplace that's far away from Fort Worth, maybe we might not be able to get there or it might be something where we try our best to get there. If you have ideas, people ideas, you know, 
people ideas that uh, women of a certain age or even younger people. But if you have somebody you'd like for us to interview, they don't have to be famous. They can be your neighbor. Your neighbor has done something. We just got through interviewing a couple that started a cold brew coffee shop in Fort Worth. And I learned what cold brew was. I thought it was just iced coffee. It's not. Mm, that's interesting. Well, that gives something uh, for the audience to go check out if they're interested to find out that answer. But uh, thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. So everyone, as you can tell, that is Marsha Johns. As you can tell, she's a very intelligent person, has great things to t share with you. She left her info there if you guys would like to reach out to her or just check out her blog. I challenge you guys to do that. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.